I think it's because we eat so many cockroaches. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Uh, Snowpiercer had it right. <laughs> Man, what a movie that was. I love Snowpiercer. I think it's fucking art. Think, yeah, it's a great movie. It's fantastic. And then it was followed up by Oakja, and it's made me question this director. Even though he's made, like, The Host and Mother and, like, several other good things and... I think he's got one coming out this year that looks fantastic. I can't remember the name of it, but it's another fucked up looking Korean psychological weird movie. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Bong Joon-ho, I think, is the director. I don't know him. Okja. I know Okja. Horrible. Terrible. God, I wanted to like that. Gould awful. Uh, it has Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, giving maybe the most Jake Gyllenhaal performance of just of like I don't know. I don't, it's, it's same with like what that Velvet Buzzsaw movie. Like Jake Gyllenhaal has this range where he almost goes into like uh Nick Cage mode of like was not Velvet giving Buzzsaw a fuck the one where like the he destroys the house. No, that's demolition. Yeah, that's also because another. on the nose. Uh, Velvet Buzzsaw is where he is an LA art critic. In a museum that buys haunted art that then comes to life to destroy the critics. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a clever concept that's not done well horror wise. Like, it's not a good horror movie and thus it fails its basic premise. Um, but I think some of the fucked up themes of humanity there are good. Like Dan, I think it's Dan Gilroy, the guy who wrote and directed Nightcrawler did Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah. And you can kind of tell there's some of that kind of nihilism and hate for humanity in that movie. Totally relatable. Uh, which, like, I, yeah, I, I love that in a movie. Like, I can I get off on that all day. <laughs> I have some some chair issues over there. Well, now. I forgot. I, I put them down when I'm like, it's chair issues that nobody cares to listen to. Oh, but I mean, whatever. When, I, when I'm relaxing, you put them down and then I can sit like this. While I'm watching YouTube. That's all it is. Nobody can ah, see okay. the demonstration I just did. But trust I, me. You are top sitting notch. legs, not even crossed, just Mm-mm. like feet touching and then the, butterfly. the diagonal. It, the butterfly. The butterfly that's right. effect. Was, there is a stretch. God damn. You know, we just turned the AC off. It's already getting hot in here, bub. It's a hot day out there. You know, I'm not too bad in here yet. Like I said, I already had the issue just walking all of 100 feet from my car to your house. Did your car have air conditioning? Yeah. And oh. it's great. It's fine. It was just as soon as that AC went off and then this, the, the little, it's a very tiny walk to your yeah. house. Not even a long walk. Already had the back sweats. Fucking wore it out of me. Yeah. The lower back sweats. It's, it's, oh, those are the worst. It's getting shitty again. Uh, lower back sweats. Yeah. Any kind of back sweat is offensive. Anytime you're walking or working out or doing anything and your shirt has the gall to cling to you yeah. anywhere, fuck that. Man. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. So I kind of have been talking about it online a lot. I've been running a lot lately. So it's a new yeah. thing I'm trying to do. Uh, I found out that there is a real issue with running that... It affects Andrew Bernard in season three of The Office, where he has nipple chafing. Oh, shit. So I went running with a shirt with a graphic on the front the other day. And, like, I had to cut it short because that thing was, like, rubbing my nipples, like, raw. And I was like, holy fuck, this is a real thing. I thought it was just, like, a joke. 
you know, I, I mean, I don't think it's a joke. I think it, I did not I, bleed. I would say I would have thought it was very, very rare. Like they picked a rare thing to make fun of, but I actually maybe I don't think it is that rare to have nipple chafing. I, it has never occurred to me until I wore this shirt that yeah. has like a full graphic, yeah. and it was a heavier shirt too. That makes sense. So uh, I'm chalking it up to that. Mm. But man, I was like, holy crap, this this is bad. I need to go home. Yeah. So what you have to do, obviously, is really build up your nipple Calluses. endurance. Yeah, your callus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to get some big, gnarly cauliflower nipple going. Oh, yeah. Like a, like a wrestler or uh, an it's MMA a, fighter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, gamer thumbs. Sure. Uh, you have runner nipples. Man, do you remember when this company tried to release, like, those glove things for gaming that were like, I remember they were advertised uh-huh. in EGM back in the day. They were more yeah. for arcade players. It was only on like the thumb and the first two fingers. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, very similar to how Germans are, are supposed to count to three. That's how I count to three. In Glorious Bastards. Do you, really? Because I cannot bend, I cannot bend even? my ring finger properly. Like what? I cannot bend my ring finger or, or sorry. Let me get this right. I cannot bend my pinky finger without bending my ring finger. Really? I can't. I wow. can't do it. For some reason, I've got like a weird claw. Like I just, I can't do it. So I do the three counting. Damn. Way to go. You could totally be a German spy. Or just a, by accident. An English spy in yeah. Germany. In World War II. We're yeah. sending you back. You have to go back. I'm sure they would appreciate that. Them being all about pure genes. Like I can't even fucking bend a finger correctly. <laughs> but like, hey, I'm in. Because I can do the three. That that's the only that's all you have to do. That's it. To be an English spy. I think so. Yeah. Let's do this. That's it. Yeah. Can you <laughs> what else? I'm trying to think of different can you do two in the pink, one in the stink? Uh I guess not. Oh yeah, no, you can. Yeah, I can do almost everything except for just the three. Weird, man. I just can't do the three. And I can kind of do it if I hold out my pinky mm-hmm. but not bend it but it's as soon as the pinky bends i can't not do it that's so weird like i can i get what you're saying but like i've yeah. always used the thumb yeah the only thing i can think of is maybe i just didn't use my pinky enough or my my like those fingers i i was such a uh i was into art right so like these three fingers at the top the thumb index and middle like, those work fucking great and fantastic. I think they have, like, the dexterity because that's all you're using as an artist yeah. are those fingers and moving and manipulating. And that fucking pinky just gets shoved underneath. You could also start doing it, like, on Major League Baseball umpire or an NBA player who do these. Oh, shit. So this is the okay symbol, essentially? Right? Basically. But, yeah, it's it's the last three fingers. That's how you're, you're broadcasting. It's, like, three strikes... Or when you, you sink a three and you're running down the court, you're doing this. You know, it's honestly, I was I was thinking about the flow from one, two to that okay three. It's really not that bad. It kind of it kind of flows. It makes sense. This is two in base, so you can see it oh. very easily. Two. Ah, so two. one, two, three, three. I, I know I, that That's fucks weird. me up. That that <laughs> that flow does not work. It's weird that I know that because I literally <laughs> don't know shit about baseball. I don't. But watch you've it. got the signs down. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Probably because I like this one as a kid because it's like, yeah. It's a Spider-Man or the rock symbol, yeah. right? Spider-Man's more this. He doesn't oh, do it's, the... it's, yeah. Yeah. I love you upside down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, potpourri episode, Etymology buddy. of signs. Come on, guys. This is uh, some good stuff. Yeah, you, potpourri episode. Could you guess? I know, at right? This point in? Can you, do you know any sign language? I think we've asked this recently. Um, I don't. No. I, I know very, very little. That's always one I've wanted to learn to be like, I'm I, sure, but I don't. Yeah. My sister does. My sister knows, I think, sign pretty comprehensively. Why? I don't know if she still does, but she had a friend in high school. Oh, that was deaf? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I did too, but I was lazy. I sure. just wrote on paper to oh. him or whatever, you know. Could you, he read lips? had AIM back then and we would just oh, do sure, it that yeah. way. Digital Fuck, friendships, like, the way they always work. Now. Yeah, yeah. It was a way to communicate with both of us doing the least amount of work or effort. It was a great friendship. Casey went above and beyond and fucking learned sign language. I didn't. Damn. Uh, the, and this was also a different kid, too. Our oh. school had more than one deaf kid, apparently. As I, I realize as I look back. Uh, yeah. Um, but okay. no, I know nothing. I can, I can do my name. I know this is something, but I don't know what. I think that's like, it's big dick or oh is that what that is something <laughs> like but yeah i, I think love that we're doing sign language a... again on an audio podcast that nobody can see i love it 10 out of 10 so should... <laughs> wait i can speak full spine language what do i what am i saying ryan oh that's right yeah why what are you doing totally you could totally get away yeah. with it your sign is amazing it's a <laughs> and you can damn. read it because oh yeah totally we, interpret we what both I'm know saying. sign languages so well we're, we're the heroes that america needs right now Man. It's like the Matrix. We just learned sign language like... All right. Let's say the Matrix existed and that was how you would learn. What is the first thing you queue up to learn automatically in the Matrix? I mean... Like, what would you be most excited to learn everything at, like, in the split I mean, of a second? It's something like Kung Fu, Jeet Kune Do, something really? like so that. Really? So you go to Combats? a combat yeah. Yeah. stance. Maybe. I don't know. Because we're not... All right. So let's... let's the scenario is not in the matrix. What's the first thing you're going to learn? Like right now in the world. Yeah. It's just you can learn whatever you want. So you don't okay. necessarily need Kung Fu to live. So I am a like blank slate. Unlike yes. like, so he wouldn't learn like coding because he already knows that as he would. Yeah. Or, or not necessarily a blank slate, but like you right now, what are you lacking that you want all of? Or like what's something you want okay. more of? What is that first tape you're given right now? Kyle Collins, you. I mean, probably coding. Coding would be good. Or maybe Japanese. One of those two. Mm. I'd like to know. I've always wanted to know Japanese, but I just okay would never take all that time. And coding. Like computer coding, like how to code. Why on... coding? You don't seem like a coding type of person. Well, I think coding is the way of the future, especially as we just become more reliant on technology. And I feel like I'm eventually going to be left behind. And it would also be cool because I. You know, I've always wanted to make my own game. There's a lot of developer kits on, like, fucking Android shit. You can sure, just sure. do whatever as long as you know how to write code. Yeah. There's a lot you could do with coding. Like, you could make your whole house a smart house and all kinds of weird shit. I've seen, like, yeah, you a can. lot of hacking development videos on YouTube. Like, they make, I don't know, all they do these crazy things with, like, Raspberry Pis and shit just because mm-hmm. I, I think that would be cool. Uh, but not something I want to actually take time to learn at this point in my life. True. But instant. True. And if you go coding, like, that's such a wide spectrum because there are so many types of code. Like, 
Yeah. There's, you know, obviously I only know web code, Python. HTML, pri- programming, Ruby, Ruby on Rails, Python, like, uh, what's that? there's one letter one I can't think of. There's tons. C++? That's right, yeah. There's a lot of codes to learn. So if you were just to learn all coding, yeah, it's a pretty smart way to go, I think. What about you, homie? I don't know. I, I feel like coding might be the best, wisest answer for sure. To go sure. first, for sure. Yeah. I would also, man, I've always wanted to know how to drive a manual car. That is insane that you don't. I know. And I'll be honest, whatever the cost of that program was to make <laughs> to learn how to drive a stick, you're wasting that money. <laughs> because it is not that hard of an experience. Because you, you have a, a stick shift. Yeah, I know. that's what I'm saying. If I can learn it, anybody can learn it. Does Laura know how to drive it? She is super impatient. Yeah. She could if she wanted to. Like, I've taken her practice driving several times, and she's got it. She, she one, doesn't trust herself that's enough to, like, let it go. That's a problem that I have. And, two, she's impatient. Because as soon as there's one little mistake or, like, kind of the car chokes, she panics and immediately is like, oh, I failed. This is it. Like, this is the worst ever. Like... I'm not meant to drive a stick. It's like, nah, you're going to make mistakes. Like, that's just learning to drive a stick. It is a series of bumps to get you to a good place. It yeah. is not easy. Um, I don't know. Three years into driving a stick as a student driver, like, I didn't feel confident still. Damn, really? Yeah, like, I, w- I had a... Because my first car was a manual. I think every car I've had... Outside of a Corolla for like one year after I got back to Korea, that was a junker, has been a manual. Man. And I, yeah, I would say like it wasn't until I was 18, 19 that I felt really confident finally. They call that the, the best anti theft device in America. Really? Dude, nobody knows how to drive manual here. It's not fucking hard. I don't understand. Which, it. And it's crazy because like, I, you know, again, I watch a lot of YouTube and like it seems like every fucking car in Europe is manual. It's mm-hmm. just the way it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Europe. A lot of them in yeah. Asia, I think, are also manual because it's yep. just it's easier to manufacture and it's easier to repair. Yes, but like for sure, yeah, I think every person I've ever seen in like Europe drives a manual car. And all honestly, it's nicer too to have that that control. Like I can't tell you how frustrating it is to get out like. Uh, try to merge into like a highway in an automatic and not have like the ability to shift to where I need to to fucking pick up and go to go to sit there and like have your foot all the way down and it's just <laughs> and you can hear that slow rev and you're like I would already be in fucking 80 miles an hour in a stick <laughs> at this point in the other car like so you're, you're into double clutching not granny shifting when you should have been yeah I kind of I shift really quickly. Oh. Uh, I don't do it when people drive with me because it's really fucking rude. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> I think it is because you can kind of brace yourself on the wheel and kind of prep for the turns. That person's getting fucking whipped oh. back and forth I see. constantly. I see. That's rude to do. I, so I I try not to do that. But, but yeah. it's fun to drive. When it's me alone, I'm an asshole driver for sure. I zip around. Respectable. It's I I yeah. I don't have patience on the road. <laughs> I'm real bad. Uh, yeah. Speaking of cars, you mentioned you've been watching a lot of Jerry Seinfeld's comedians oh, yeah. in cars getting coffee. Yes, it's goddamn a delightful little show. Yeah, 
It's I, like I watched it on YouTube. 17 minutes long. Yeah. 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 I think it started on YouTube mm-hmm. and then Netflix bought him out and then dumped a shit ton of money into it. So now he's driving like a bunch of really fancy cars with Jay Leno and Letterman and Obama and stuff. Obama was on one. Yeah. I remember that. Uh-huh. Um, but you, you really like just the natural conversation and the, the weirder oh questions God, that so kind of come up. Yeah. Well, it, and it, it's just questions that are interesting when you ask in general, like, I every talk show is like the same kind of here. Oh my god! All right. Um, I'm before I even get to that point, Kyle Nathan for you. Have you have you seen Nathan for you? Are you a fan of the show? Yeah, I like Nathan for the you a lot. Comedy Central show mm-hmm. where essentially it's kind of like a jokey mockumentary mm-hmm. where he takes a business and gives them a great business idea to turn around their business. And it's usually a horrible business idea. And Nathan is a very, much like the Nathan that we know, is a very dry and monotone person. Deadpan to a T. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, he had a whole episode. Usually his episodes are like 12 to 13 minute bits for one place and then a 12 to 13 minute bit somewhere else. Half hour show. Yeah. He had one that was fully devoted to the perfect talk show segment in which he successfully breaks down what makes a good talk show segment because they are all so formulaic at this point. It's you have to have something that is relatable. You have to have a story that puts you in a seemingly down position to have your luck turned around. And it has to be something crazy. And he made this whole fake plan, uh, this whole fake story, and then went around and talked to like sources so he could have an alibi that this story really happened and he could have like this on the record. He could go to people and have this fake story there. And it turned out he successfully did it. Like the story went viral. Everybody was talking about him specifically. And like he successfully manipulated social media in the talk show format because it is so formulaic again. And that's why I love uh, the getting coffee and cars with comedians and whatever it's a fucking stupid name it's not a good name but like it is so like low stakes and impromptu like nobody's trying to put on airs it is just people talking the shit and it's like real down-to-earth human stuff that means ultimately nothing but like i think that's more important than like the kind of showy stuff we get in talk shows well i don't know the nicer thing too about comedians and cars getting coffee is that jerry seinfeld wants to talk to these people whereas almost anytime somebody's on a talk mm. show they're pitching something they it's have something they, to promote that's right movie yeah. book whatever so it, it always is going to come off as a little fake because at the mm. end of the day they're selling you something that said have you ever watched the graham norton show i also like the graham norton show I fucking love the graham norton I show think that's also, one of the better ones, and I think that's because they have a very cool format on that, which is put all the celebrities together, like on the couch together let them and talk. Like, talk with stories with everybody there. It's not like... But there's also booze. Oh, that's true, They too. drink on the Graham Norton show because it's English. Yes. And it's not so... It's weird. America is still weird about even booze. Like, you can't show people doing yeah. that. You yeah, can't yeah, yeah. fucking Netflix don't won't show people smoking cigarettes now because it could be impactful and... Oh, yeah, because of the Stranger Things stuff, which oh is interesting. Oh, my God. When we have, like, a ton of shows on uh, Netflix about smoking weed or, like, the weed cooking shit, like, there's all that, but goddamn, we can't show any cigarettes. It's like, 
Well, they're probably all not great for you, but it's, it's, I don't know. I, here's life, right? I view life as a bar and you can make it as long as you want, but it's going to be joyless. And you're, you're taking like, you're bartering. Like if you want the joy of alcohol, yeah, we know kind of implicitly there's going to be like, possibly this will shorten the life five years or so worth it. I'd rather have a life where you can do all that stuff, but like, Let's not let's not fool ourselves. Like, yeah, it's probably all bad. It's all finite, baby. It's all bad, but like, yeah, I don't know. You can live that's a long what, life know. that's not fun. And is that any better As, to live to 120 without exactly. doing anything or experiencing anything? As a self-professed nihilist, this is a thing that comes up to me quite often. Shit, man. Like, I was just thinking the other day, like, well, I was just doing something that was so natural. And it's like, God damn, dude, like, someday I'm going to be 80. And this is going to be a chore to do this. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No. Everything. It, I, exactly, it's fucking weird. Wiping my own ass. Yeah. I was like, dude, one day I'm going to be like fucking 80 and it's going to be hard as shit to wipe my own ass after I poop. And it's going to be like a fucking endeavor. And mm-hmm. I think about like my old people, neighbors, and it's like, dude, like how? Like, because I, I see them walk around and move and goddamn. Yeah. Things like wiping your ass are going to be a fucking bitch to do. Yeah. Breathing, just living is going to be hard at a point. You're not wrong. Like, I mean, I feel like I've already, I've, I've seen this kind of half-life of Ryan to this point in my life, to the point where, like, I'll do a hike now that, like, used to not do anything and it fucking wears me out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I used to be a dumb fucking kid that would just run around for hours. For a whole fucking day, I'd be out in the woods just running. And, like, now that sounds like the worst day of my life. <laughs> and, like, I'm not, like, even in my mid-30s yet. Like, my life's not at its midpoint. I'm also assuming, like, 70 is probably fair for me. I feel I, like I, I give myself a little... I go to 80. See, you say 80. I, I'm, like, I'm I'm going low. I only I'm, say 80 because I am, like, at my... Halfway through my 30s. I just turned 35, like... <laughs> next up, I, I'm going to have that midlife crisis coming up pretty soon. See, I feel like I've already had these, these, these crises. So you might be life. dying even earlier, then. If you've had your midlife crisis earlier. Maybe. Or I like to think I'm going to live a relatively kind of peaceful end because like I kind of know, like, I I feel like I've got a good sense of mortality every day. There is not a second where I don't think about death mm-hmm. and like the impending like loss of time and like everything you do in this day is important. Like I should be doing this because like I don't have time. Like there is not a day that I don't think about that. So I, I do have like a healthy sense, like I'm going to die. But as soon as I hear that, I'm like, yeah, so like, let's have fun then. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I see, so yeah, cause I'm the opposite. I, I think about death like every day too, but mm-hmm. mine's like, you know what? I'm going to die. I'm going to just do what I want. I want to sit here and watch YouTube for three hours. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. It's my life. I'm an adult. I live here. I'm going to do it. Eat oh, my- I think we're on the same page then. Like, yeah, absolutely do that. Live your life. I feel. I, I feel like we're probably very different here, but like the first 20, 30 years of my life were very sheltered, like uh, because I grew up so kind of Christian and religious, like I didn't do a bunch of stuff. I didn't get to see a lot. I didn't get to do a lot like ever. Like what I learned was very kind of controlled, you know, 
at this point, like, I'm just going to do whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I've lived under the way people have wanted me to live for so long in this life. Like, now it's to the point where it's like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I, I have nothing to explain to anybody. Yeah. Whatever I want to do is yeah, what I want to answer do. to. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it is a little different for me because I, I, I didn't grow up sheltered. And this is actually a thing I thought of today because, like, I grew up with a single parent. So that... Mm. That gives you a lot more freedom just because, yeah. number one, I, there were two kids, one parent. She's spread thin as it, it gives you, you get away with a lot more. Like, yeah, that would be my thought. I'm a lot less like, there, there's monitored. a lot less supervision. Yeah. Because it, just by sheer numbers. Cause it, I was just thinking about like weird movies I watched as way younger than I should have <laughs> been watching. And it's like, but it's like, cause mm-hmm. she, not that she didn't care. She just, there are other things happening, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, what? F- screw it. He can watch whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I got way other things to worry about than him watching a movie that has a pair of tits in it, right? Whereas, yeah. like, you know, on a two-parent household, they might have been a lot more strict. Like, oh no, you can't watch this. Mm-hmm. I, I, this has boobies in it. So it just becomes like a numbers game at that point. Like one parent having to pick the battles on which there is going to be a fight over versus two parents having like the energy to pick twice the amount of battles. Like yeah. that's what it comes down to. It's, it's not that these parents aren't like watching or monitoring. It's just like, they just physically can't exactly. have the amount of energy. Like it is very different. So I can get that, but it is interesting that you've had this freedom and yet you're still here. There yeah. is there has not been a change. So this is why I do think there will be like a midlife crisis or something. I will have something, I'm sure. But I, again, my life's always been pretty easy too. I'm I'm, I'm very lucky. Well, call yeah. it privilege if you want in this 2019 patriarchal society. Sure. But I mean, I didn't have a bad as a kid. Sure, same here. Same here. I can't I really honestly I can't think of Anything I have to be legitly upset or depressed about, but still, that doesn't change the fact that there will be days where it's just like, you know, nothing I do is good and I'm a garbage person and (laughs) I am the worst. Uh, This just this should end. This should just end. Um, I mean, it never gets that far. That kind of have like a maybe a little suicide vibe at the end. Let's just let's squelch that. That's not the case. Ryan is not suicidal. I am not suicidal yet. Yet, oh shit, that's the big thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> are you into are you into uh like people taking their own life if they feel it? Like, like say somebody, this is okay. Well, this is no, this is like, a super interesting question. Should you be in control of your life to that aspect? Like, even say you you're should. not sick, like you just yeah. don't like life. Should you be like, I mean, I think I, even if you do what they can't fucking punish you. So. No. Yeah, absolutely. You can do what you want. And and I don't know. I it's weird because yeah. growing up in a Christian household, suicide is just implicitly wrong. It's what the unforgivable doing, sin. It's it's I mean, well, yeah, I guess it is the because I've always heard that because you can't ask for forgiveness yeah afterwards. everything else you could technically yeah 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 i guess that makes sense but so that's why they always said suicidal people go to hell because you can't i've but always had an issue with that catholic too i well because I mean, you you were raised baptist right methodist methodist and in that methodist. it's more like not that there's much of a difference you got the lord in your heart 
you're you're good. No, well, no, you have to also uh, you have to be baptized. Yeah. Oh, you have to. You be. have to be baptized okay. to get into heaven if you're Methodist or Baptist. Which is weird because um, bat- I don't think you have to be baptized in Baptist churches. Is that not correct? You don't have to be. Baptized. I know for they, they sure encourage you. And if, if you are not baptized, you do not get into heaven. Uh, that is an maybe explicit rule in Methodism. With Baptists, but I don't. I always remember Baptists being a lot more loose. Like the it only reason be. I wanted to get baptized when I was a kid mm. is because you had to be baptized to take the communion. And oh. I wanted to feel like an adult and the bigger people. Yeah. So I, I wanted to be baptized. It That's wasn't same here. Yeah. for the actual reasons that you should get baptized. Honestly, I will say uh, 100% of my, uh, I guess, progression in Christianity is fear-based. A um, lot of it, it yeah. 80% fear of hell and Satan and everything else. It is all fucking fear-mongering tactics. To which I think that was like one of the reasons I kind of stepped away from it in college when I started thinking about it. Like that was one of the questions I was like, why am I in this religion if it's only because of fear of what's going to happen later? And that's a big controversy I know a lot of people have with a lot of people my age now with it because I know a lot of people that were raised in that aspect. Like, yeah, oh, you got the devil's coming after you. You got to watch out for that devil or he's going to have your soul for eternity. And it's like that is the wrong message. To yeah. give about, because Christianity is at its core is supposed to be about love, the love of Christ. So yep. you get this weird conflicting thing. But as a kid, the fucking scary thing is going to impact you way more than the love. It is. Well, I mean, as a kid, your brain is softer. Yeah. And it's that 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 is a method to control the soft populations is fear tactics. Mm-hmm. And that is nothing but like the ultimate fear tactic of we can't prove it. You can't disprove it. But like, if you don't follow these rules, y- your life, as you know it, after it's ended, is going to be way worse forever. An eternity Think of, of torture. The worst thing you can fucking imagine. It's going to be that forever. Like, what a fucking horrible thing to teach kids. Like, but, but, but what? The, I I got older. Let's 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 hear. Or what's the opposite well, side? I I got older and I found metal and I fucking I thought the devil and hell were cool as shit and I still I love that shit and like the symbolism sure and the fucking art and it's just oh man you know what I'll be honest it's something that still makes me a little uncomfortable really even though like I am fully out of the Christian lifestyle and I don't identify with it at all. There are times where I'll see like some metal metal imagery and it it makes me feel there's like mostly okay, but there's like a little part of my in lizard back, brain uh-huh. in the back that's just like, oh, that's dangerous. Uh-huh. Like that's scary. That's hilarious. And that's... I guess it's it's supposed to be. Like that's what's yeah. cool and empowering yeah. about it. Cause I think that's what triggers it for me is that like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, oh, whoa, yeah. that's brutal. That's badass. And like uh-huh. just shit like that. And then Maybe again, because like I never went through that shit as a kid, but I don't know, man. It's it's fucking metal and it's badass. I like it. I, why, I liked Doom <laughs> from an early age for that reason. Doom was and Doom's one of those games where I had a love hate relationship mm-hmm. with it. For that I know very a lot reason. of people that did too. They're like, it was so cool, but like, why? And this was my like thing as a kid is like, why does it have to be demons on Mars? Like, mm-hmm. why can't it be aliens? And I could feel so much better about this, but that it, that it involved hell and in any way, and, like yep. made me uncomfortable. 
But like now I'm to the point where it's like, I don't care. I'll play through uh, Doom a million times. See the most fucked up shit. Like, doesn't matter. But like Doom, Diablo, all this yeah, fucking brutal absolutely. shit that's like, yeah, really cool now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of that, it's because of this shit that like is instilled in you as a kid, I think. And You're I wonder like right. if the next generation, will it be as cool? Because it's like, no, so many people are not brought up in a church environment yeah. anymore. So I don't I don't think it will. Uh, and here's my theory on this. I feel like the evolution of kind of like the Bible Belt, really like 50s morals, values, American, the idyllic family, all this stuff led to kind of the edgelord 90s and 2000s era in which Absolutely. we rebelled so fucking hardcore against that. And now these people who are growing up with those people as parents, these edgelords from the 90s and 2000s, it's going to be the fucking flip. It's going to be... So they're going to become more religious again? I think so. Or puritanical I, or, yeah. or, or or wanting to like be more pure. Like I say puritanical and that has like a religious connotation to it. I don't mean that. But like in a more like we need to be more like keeping families safe and how like I don't know like like that kind of thing. It's going to be a shift back the exact opposite way. Well, you can I mean, at the risk of skirting on the political edge here, you can kind of see things like this happening now because mm-hmm. I would argue yeah. most of our generation now is a very liberal slant, and yeah. most of our parents are a very conservative slant. Yes. But you can kind of see now where, like, a lot of the kids from this generation are rebelling and going back more of a conservative slant. You can see some of that just for sure. To, like, because their parents are so hardcore. Li- and that's what kids do, man. They're going to fucking push those boundaries. Absolutely. And, and yeah. break away and do the different thing from their parents. It's just natural. What is... Uh, yeah, you're. I think you're 100% right. And to add to that, it's like, what is... You're fucking 100% on the money. It's what is cooler than disobeying and rebelling against your parents in whatever form that is. Yeah. Whether it be like the 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 humor from the 2000s or whatever that was like way edgy and pushed up, which is like fine because it's how it was at the time versus like, yeah, we have people who are now like they've swung the other way. We have a resurgence of people of Holocaust deniers. We have a resurgence of like, the fucking KKK is still around and is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like you also have moral authorities on like jokes and stuff. Now, still, people are telling you what you can and can't laugh at, true. what you can't find funny, and it's different, but also somewhat the same from what people like thirty years ago were telling you. Like you can't laugh at. Same with fucking video games. You had You're not wrong. The super Republican conservative saying like, "Oh, this is corrupting yeah. children." And the liberals fought it. And now we're in this weird era where now it's more liberals that are like, oh, no, yeah. these video games are corrupting kids. And more conservatives are like, well, I don't know. I All right. So I've got a question then. All right. I think all of this is correct. But uh, South Park in recent history raised like a kind of a really interesting point or an intriguing point, which is at one point, uh, I think Cartman becomes so shitty that Kyle loses all hope and essentially becomes his mother, which is Terrence. I think Terrence and Philip come back. They have a Netflix special. They're like 80 years old and are farting on each other. And it's like a real bad cash grab. So like they're already commenting on that. But um Kyle all of a sudden has a switch where it's not funny because they're farting on a person, 
why does that person always have to be farted on? And he's seeing this because his life's so shitty because of Cartman and all these things around him. And he essentially becomes the mom, right? He becomes the mothers against Canada. It's now boys against Canada or something. Okay. And replaces the mom. And is it more, I guess, of a this generation's rebelling against the past generation? Or is it like this turn within our generation? Is it a turn within all of us as we get older and grow like, I guess, hindsight or something? Like, is it? Is it, what is it? Like, I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. And it makes me like constantly on edge and like questioning my own behaviors. Yeah. I'm like, am I going down a path where I like I'm heading down this? Should I be? And it makes me always like fucking, it's real weird. I'll tell you because I'm trying to age better than like my parents sure. did. Sure. And, and maybe that's but you, super. Here's, here's the worst thing that I found out as you get older is that. Holy shit, a lot of times, my fucking mom was right. Yes. You know? Or you start to, like, whatever. Or there you, was an you incident your in mom. the past. Yes. Like, now, you, you're doing things It's like, holy shit, that's my mom. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. just said that. It's, yes. it's this weird yeah. fucking thing, Or you thing, get perspective, man. and you're yeah. like, yeah, they were right that entire time mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. I have seen some of that, but they're still... I don't know. It's, it's real interesting. I feel like I could get into like a whole bunch with my family, but I feel like that needs to be in a Patreon podcast <laughs> where a lot less people listen to, you know? Justice for Clucky, again? Uh, exactly. Something yeah. like that. But uh I don't know. I feel like, yeah, there are some instances where I look at it and it's like they did the right thing. But I also feel like, yeah, the bar is not the highest It's it could be. Sure. I can definitely step over that. And that's like the... It's, it's the weird fucking dichotomy of brand of like, oh, like I'm living and doing whatever I want. That's kind of true. But there's an asterisk of like, I'm also trying to fucking prove something. And it might not be to fucking anybody else but myself. But yourself. But I am trying to prove like, I'm going to be a better adult than my mother and father were going mm-hmm. to be. And it's, it's fucking ego. It is such an egotistical, fucking vain, pretentious thing to think you can do. But I still can't escape that that idea in my head. I think it's also, and I weigh everything that way. I think it's a basic drive that everyone has to do better than their parents. Sure, I think it's it's partially ego because you'd like to be like, well, that's progress. Yeah, is you are the next generation. Yeah. You are going to outperform the past generation. But it's also because even if you do better than your parents, your fucking parents are always going to be proud of you. It's like, hey, yeah, look what I did, man. Check this out. Remember when I was a little shithead and you had to wipe my ass? This is me now. It's mm-hmm. it's this weird fucking this drive to be better than the previous generation too. And sure. again, yeah, I, I think that goes back to what I said earlier about the rebelling because you want to be better, but you want to do it differently in your own way. So it's like, well, fuck you. This is how I'm doing it. You don't tell me what to do. I'm a person. It's it's also this like self realization thing that you have. Like mm. I am not my mother even though sometimes she comes out or you know she might have been right that's cool that's a thing to learn from but i'm not her sure i make my decisions do you ever get weighed down by uh maybe the more biological implications there it's like yeah sure you are not your mother but you have her dna you have absolutely characteristics and traits that are implicit to 
I don't know what the maiden name is, but like that oh, sure, family. Sure. You know? It's weird because it, it's one of those things that like. Because that's what I fight. Knowing my mom and knowing my dad, it's weird because like physically, more of my characteristics are from my mom. I think I have. Okay. I do have a lot of my dad's too. So you look more like your mom's family than your I dad's think. family. But like reactionary wise, or at least like morally wise, I I feel I'm much more am aligned with my mom. Whereas my sister is like a lot of the opposite. She, really? Like temperament wise, she's much more similar to my dad, except in like this one degree and like that my mom is a huge fucking worrier. She worries about literally everything. If I tell her anything's happening, mm-hmm. like I have this trip to New Orleans coming up. She was already like... Oh, you know, you got to be safe, be careful, be worrying about these things. I'm like, I see that in my fucking sister every time, like, anything comes oh, up. Oh, yeah. And she's a fucking warrior, too, whereas I don't, you don't care. have any of that. Dude, I'm fucking footloose, fancy free. I just go huh. with the wind. I don't plan things. I just let things happen. And it's weird because I don't know if that's a mother-daughter thing or if that's, like, call me sexist, more of a womanly thing. Like, they're they're just more ingrained to worry i don't think and i'll be nervous just go ahead and say i don't think it's sexist to point out like biological imperatives of one gender versus the other like i think it is true like men and women think of things differently and men are i've explained this or not explained this because that's mansplaining Oh God! Uh, 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 Almost as bad as I've had this conversation. Oh no, mansplaining! Wait, I think mansplaining is worse than manspreading. Oh, I think they're both fucking stupid and made up. But anyways, manspreading is so cool. Whatever, (laughs) you gotta let shit breathe. Like whatever. Um, As we both sit (laughs) cross-legged. I, cause I'm super, this is my social anxiety. Like I get like really worked up into a pretzel. Like the longer I talk, uh, that's some behind the curtain shit. Um, no. Oh, shit. What were you saying? I'm so sorry. I did totally derail this. <laughs> we were talking about biological differences in men and women in the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I had this conversation where it's like, yeah, I've got like a switch being a man. Like there's a switch in my brain where like I can kind of turn the worry off to some extent for certain things. Like once I am done with work, work switch goes off. Like I no longer think about my job at IU. Like it's done. Laura does not do this. Laura does not have that off on switch, as hmm. we talked about. And she said her experience with men and women, and I think this is pretty fucking apt, is it is there is a desktop browser and men just go on one page to whatever to the next page to the next page to the next page. And women have 40 tabs open at the same fucking time and is trying to get information from all of them hmm. and cannot like separate them and i think there there might be something to this like it this is real fucking interesting biology shit to think about is like what if there's something in our physiology from like the fucking prehistoric like it's in our fucking monkey days that we are unable to to fully think one way or the other because of our genes like that's interesting too and it's like how much do you try to be a better person and push past what is in your biology or is doing that fake? Should you even be doing I, There's Let's, so many questions that open up at that we point. We can take it fucking caveman-esque, like hunter-gatherer shit. Like, so the woman would typically stay mm-hmm. back and has to prepare things while the man would go out and collect things. 
Yeah. If the man can't collect things, he's like, well, fuck, I did what I could. That's not my fault that things didn't play out today. Whereas mm-hmm. the woman, when they don't have those things, they start to worry because sure. like, oh shit, like we need these things, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. It could be just simply that base. Yeah, it could be. Cause yeah. those are the people that we're descended from and we've been reproducing that for millions of years now. So mm-hmm. who's to, who's to say? I don't know. But that's we're always gonna, interesting. We figured it out right about. here on this podcast. It's, it's uh, interesting. Damn. Man. We made some progress here, buddy. I think so. This, I hope this hasn't just been like a bunch of high talk with Kyle and Ryan where we talk about just the questions of the universe that nobody's asking. <laughs> but I I always think this stuff's real fascinating and interesting. I do too, man. I've got a question real quick as you look up uh, some Yahoo questions, sure. I think. Sure, go ahead. Um, in a world where in you, a had, world. you can only have one, what is the most important? Psychology, philosophy, or biology? You can only have one field being researched and like put effort and attention into. Psychology, so of the brain. Psychology, brain, philosophy of the understanding understanding yeah that's or biology strictly like science body biochemistry stuff man what do you think is the most important for the human species going forward from like all right so from right now yeah let's say from right now right now we have i'm safe all the other fields we have that knowledge already established but from this point on, we can only push into sure. another category. I say philosophy. You think philosophy? I still don't think we've really understood a lot about ourselves and a lot about the differences huh. in humanity. I think there's a lot of broad terms. Sure. But humans, while we are broad, we're also fucking different and unique. And that could go a lot more into understanding. Like you can be yeah. A and B type. But I'm sure there's like CDEFG that could refine mm-hmm. even further and like maybe help people not feel so alone or disconnected. So, oh, shit. So you're going the Kojima route of sure, uniting I the world. Man, uh, just, you, you're essentially, but you're for real, you are you're going for the more connecting people, understanding differences, stopping like wars and hate and just kind of understanding how we all tick. That's yep. you think is the way to go. Basically, and I think it would do better for humanity to understand, like, if I knew you, I mean, you and I have a great relationship, but if I knew even on a more level, like, how you operate and think, we would get along even better, I think. And it it could be one of those things that, like, you just, you recognize patterns in certain people you meet, and, like, so, so some guy's an asshole to you in traffic, but you realize why, because of this philosophical advantage that everybody has, you're like, oh, hey, man, it's cool, you know, whatever, go ahead. It, okay. I think it could do a lot more for the world and the fucked up things that are happening in it now. So, okay. What I, about you? I don't know. I think that's kind of close with psychology. I'll say for sure it's not, even though I think biology has its benefits, understanding the body and how to better prevent diseases and shit like that. There are definitely advantages of biology. I don't go that route. I go, I think with you philosophically, or psychologically. Yeah. Because I, I think they're both kind of two sides of the same coin, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, you're essentially trying to figure out people and, like, 
I think with psychology, it's the same thing. I'm trying to figure, we're trying to figure out people, but it is on the chemical level. It is, and maybe this is like a whole fucking talking point too, but like, it's the difference between taking pills to get better versus taking therapy to get better. Absolutely. And then it's, I don't know, there's pros and cons to both, I guess. So it kind of depends, but. I don't know. I think psychologically, I am very fascinated how the brain works and kind of why it works and involves like consciousness and all these things that like other animals don't like. I still think that's so fascinating. The understanding of self, of self. Yeah. 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 So I either one of those two, but I think I'd probably lean towards psychology. Okay. Good fucking shit, man. I, I hope like this so. Episode. I, I mean, I like these heady talks, man. Uh, so we're going to get into everybody's favorite segment, cue music. I might put a music cue in there. I don't know. Yet. Okay. It's something I thought about. That's a, <laughs> for a second, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to riff and make no, some no, music no. happen. I mean, if you want to, but no. Nah, it's uh, not going to be good. We're going to do a little segment we've, you and I have come to enjoy. I don't know if listeners like it, but <laughs> we just go through some Yahoo questions and we uh-huh. both try to answer them. Ask a Yahoo. Uh, so number one here, first off, I, I scroll through a lot of these because goddamn, they're so fucking pointedly political a lot of times. Yeah. But yeah, first one up, Ryan, barring our spouses, you and I are not married in okay. this segment. Would you date a coworker? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I started dating Laura as a coworker. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do it again. It's, it's not a huge issue. I have to say uh, immediately, yeah, me too, because that's how Mandy and I started out, and it's been like 12 years yeah. now, but we were both co-workers, and I had a giant crush on her, so mm-hmm. I say absolutely too. Yeah, and I'll say for introverts who don't go out like I don't often, that's a good, uh, you might not have many places to meet people. If you meet somebody who's a co-worker, you take that It's chance. also nice because you get to know people on a level before you ask them out. That's true. And you get to see how they fucking work, yeah. too, which mm-hmm. I think is a good indication to that person as, like, a character as Really, a the only time that it's bad when you date a co-worker is when things don't go well and you break up. And yes. then you still see that person yeah. every day. And especially if there's any sort of power Animosity disparity. Or, sure, that too. Like, Because uh, that was one thing I was always worried about in any kind of field where like, I was a manager or low like with somebody higher. It's like, yeah, that can be really tricky when mm-hmm. it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, Ryan. But no, I say do it. Do all men really prefer big breasts? Um... All right, well, here's the philosophical answer. (laughs) Yes, because I think it goes back to, like, the caveman days of sustenance and, like, having um, uh, a woman nurtured and taken care of. Like, if you were skinny and emaciated, it's because you weren't providing, you weren't, you weren't, uh, you weren't doing well. The wealthy, you know, were often much heavier plumper so you would have plumper heavier breasts Mm -hmm. so philosophically and i think maybe even biologically yes it is more important for a woman to have larger breasts Uh, what about you i'm gonna disagree because even though my fiance has a very nice set Mm -hmm. i mean typically i i like smaller breasts i like oh you prefer it that way mm -hmm. interesting Uh, to to use an arrested development term a surfboard almost (laughs) Uh, well, not, why not, do you think this is? I don't know. It, again, 
different strokes, man, different folks. People have different preferences. Oh, I think, for sure. But you I haven't think, spent like hours like I have analyzing yourself. Like, well, why I mean, do I like the things I like? If I'm going to, I think mostly because at a young age, I was introduced to pornography. And in the 90s, it was all about giant big breasts. And that's yeah. what I saw a lot as a kid. And I think uh, as I grew older, my tastes evolved from that. And uh-uh. that's why I'm I'm probably more drawn to the smaller now. At least, you know, in my pornographic taste, sure. I can definitely say that. But like, I, and I'm not opposed. I, I don't, I like big breasts too, but yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. what I seek out. Let me yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll add to that too. If, if, I don't know, you're going to like the 90s, 2000s porn stars with like the huge... Yeah, huge that's all like they were. Pamela yeah. Anderson tits, right? Pamela Anderson, Jenna Jameson, all those, of them. Yeah, big. Fake I'm movies. with you. Like it's it's all kind of felt fake, and it for me it feels almost like a lack of confidence that you would need to go in and do that to like boost yourself up. And I don't enjoy that as much. It kind of takes it's, me out uh, of the maybe it is the more bit. natural thing because so again I, I can get that. I'm also in that because like. I kind of like, I don't like girls that have had like the nose job when they have like the bigger beak nose. Like, uh, Ashley Simpson, the chick from Dirty Okay, so Dancing. you like the beak nose. I do. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, so maybe it is something to do with the fakeness that yeah. kind of throws it off to I me. I get that so. too. I, uh, I, you know, he, Kirsten Dunst, I don't care for at all. I know you do. Yeah, I do. But like that snaggle tooth. I love that. I like the snaggle tooth mm-hmm. on a girl. And like Emma Stone also has like a, a kind of yeah. weird tooth form. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It caught my eye in super bad, like way back when. And like, I've always had like a low level attraction to her because of it. Like, uh, it's, I get it. I get that. (laughs) Um, damn. Uh oh. It's all right. I just got to scroll a little bit. I wonder what the damn was. Was it political or? Oh, it's always political. God, yeah. Oh, and it's, it's so pointed. Ask one of these political ones. I'm not going to answer it for real, but I just want an example of what one of these political questions is. Like, right. if it even leaves room for interpretation no, or like, right. here's the one that made. I was scrolling through this one, caught my eye, and I was all right. So here it is. Why is Trump far better than Obama? All right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you can't really do anything with that. It's already so fucking pointed, yeah. and it's just here on Yahoo to be like, oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Here's a here's a good one though, Ryan. What are your two biggest problems at the moment? Oh shit! <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, if you, I, I have two already. Y- already? Yeah. I mean, I know two of them. Damn. Go ahead, sir. Well, what well, my number one is that I currently don't have a car. Oh. Uh, okay. My car has been pretty much out of commission for like six months now, and I haven't bought a new one because I'm also kind of in the process of trying to buy a house, mm. and I cannot mm. let a car purchase affect the credit and the money issues of getting a house. And because I'm a very slow and meticulous person, it has taken me a long time to decide on this. Mm. So I've been without a car for quite a while and it's not been too big of an issue, but we're coming up soon on fall and then winter where I need to make a decision here on what's going to happen. So uh, that would be my number one big issue. And then my number two is just, uh, concern with probably work. I, sure. I don't really know what's happening. There's a lot of changes, as always, with anybody's job. Uh, there's just been a lot of more with my job currently the past few months, and I don't know really what's going to happen there, too. So hmm. I'd say those are my two big concerns in my life right now. Damn. What about you, buddy? 
It's really good. I've honestly, I made a lot of peace with my concerns. <laughs> sure. Um, but can, I could say the same thing about work. Like, is my work situation perfect? No, it's pretty decent though. Like, I can't complain because I only have to go into the office for two days a week and the rest, like, I work from home. Yeah. Like, I don't have to do like much at all. Like, I don't know. It, it really does feel like going back to the the first world problems or privilege. Like, I don't know what I have to complain about right now. Sure. Anything it would be would just be like, I don't know, fucking signals in my brain not being wired correctly. Because, like, even though my job is one, the cushiest it's been, and I'm getting, like, really decent money for, like, the work I put in, is it satisfying me? No. Is it what I would love to be doing? No coding and being like a tech support guy for a website. Like it's fine. It's, it's a lot better than what I could be doing. Like I would really hate my life if I was a construction worker or doing something physical right now in this heat, because we've talked about like a 30 second walk from a car sure. taking out of me. Like I can't do an eight plus hour shift in that. So like, is it that bad? No, but I could be happier when I'm doing like, it's not super fulfilling. Like, I don't feel fulfilled at the end of the day. When I come home from work, I feel like I've just wasted time to get a paycheck. Which is funny because I know a lot of construction workers and they are the exact opposite of that. They feel really good at the end of the day because they were out there. They did things. Yeah. You can see the progress happening on You've what you're doing. Proof. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. and you you are exerting yourself. So at the end of the day... Yeah, you're tired, but, like, that's a job done. Like, I think yeah. that's maybe something that you and I also suffer from. We don't really exert ourselves throughout the day. Not physically, So, like, no. when you come home, you're just doing more of the same that you've done. So, it doesn't feel different. So, you don't, like, yeah, you're relaxed, yeah. but it's not like this relaxed mode that hits because you don't have to do anything anymore. So, I don't know. You're, it's a weird thing. You're probably right on this. I... Oh, man, you're talking about the construction worker at the end of the day feeling like they've done something and seeing it. And like, that's a whole nother thing, too, of like the whole mental work versus physical work. And then like the justification on like, when should you feel okay or exhausted doing mental work? Yeah. And I'm, like, how do you fucking even justify that to people? That but, is like, the thing, too, that like, going back to this psychology thing that we talked about, like, People are just now starting to understand the benefits of, like, the brain. And, like, For there sure. are certain jobs now that not only do they include sick days, they give you a certain allotment of mental health days that mm -hmm. you can take and just detach. Because, like, you can become super fucked up and overworked and stressed out mm -hmm. just living in a fully mental environment every day. And yeah, you need to get that release too and uh -huh. learn to unwind and detach. So yeah, I, there is a thing there. service. Like yeah. if you are behind a counter and you are just talking to people, have you physically done anything to exert yourself? No, not really. But, but you're like, fucking that's exhausted, tiring, exhausting yeah. work like I've ever seen. And, and so it's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe then is the question like, I don't know, is that more challenging work than the construction worker who has by this point, theoretically, been super conditioned and like built up in body and strength to like handle that work pretty fucking well? Yeah. Is it is it more? I, I don't know. Is it more or less mentally straight? I, bunch of fucking fascinating shit here, man. <laughs>
I, I am so in the weeds in this. <laughs> All right, buddy. I got one more question right. to take us out on, and Let's I think it's it. a pretty good one. All Ryan, right. right now, who in your mind is a living legend? Ooh, that's interesting. All right. I'm going to talk in banter so I can actually think about this and do this justice. All right. Well, I'll do jump have, in first. Yeah. You have somebody? <sighs> to me, I think it's really hard to not go celebrity yeah. anyways. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like when I read this question, the first person that popped into my mind would be somebody like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, hmm. who is just massive charisma That's and peak physical shape, is an all around nice human being from, you know, I don't know him myself, mm-hmm. but from literally almost every encounter that other people have had with him. Yeah. Just a super fucking nice guy. Yeah, I think there's only one person in the world who does not like him, and that's Vin Diesel. Everybody else is sure. okay with him. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's hard to again not go just straight celebrity, but I I, I say somebody like that, man. Just <sighs> I mean, that's a good way to go. Because not not only is he just that way, but man, that dude is fucking like physical perfection. Like he is jacked. Sure. He is refined. He is sure. a legend in so many things that he does. Yeah, I guess that's interesting, too, because if you're going with, like, legend, it's hard not to immediately go to categories or subcategories of, like, legend of music, legend of this. Exactly. Because I can think of many people who would qualify as legends of dot, dot, dot. Sure. I think The Rock is a very good choice for just general legend. I think you hit the reasons why. Um, Like, who popped in your head first? Because that's who I, I always just... My mind knows better than me thinking. I feel a lot, so I go with what what immediately pops in. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, living legend, in my mind, I go super selfish. So immediately I go to, like, my hobbies, my passions. Mm-hmm. So, like, in my head, like, I'm thinking somebody like Dave Grohl. Okay. Um, somebody. I would totally agree with that, too, because, again... But I would say, like, he's the living legend of music. I think there is a defining category on him. But, like, he is all those things you said about The Rock, but, like, he is largely in music only. But Dave Grohl has also acted and can act, but he is... fine. He's an amazing guitarist, songwriter, phenomenal drummer... Also, as has always been observed, super fucking nice and personable guy. Just open, well, and warming. And I, I, dude, excellent choice. Dave Grohl. Some of the best bands. Like, yeah, I'd say he's a legend. Dave Grohl totally fucking fits the bill. I'd say he's absolutely living legend. I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only other person I could have thought, and this is also kind of on the same page, it's Kevin Smith. And not for being a legend of. Are his movies going to be the best of all time and stand like, are we going to watch yoga hosers in like a hundred years? Fuck no. Are we going to watch cop out 10 years from now? Fuck no. We're going to forget about that shit. Uh, Kevin Smith's great because he's just a dude that did it. He's a he's a legend in that. The dude that did it. Yeah. The dude that made it. And then the dude that's transformed his thing into something else with like podcasts and talking. And I'll just go ahead and fucking say it like. The reason podcasts are a thing, I know we have the joke, we are the only podcast, I think it's because of people like Kevin Smith, who just, their charisma and personality as a director, actor, whatever you want to have it, wasn't enough to like be withheld in in those roles specifically, that you needed to hear them talk. Like, I think Kevin Smith does not shine in directing, writing, whatever, 
as he does in like talking as a human being. Yep. He's I, just a human. Smodcast, yeah. I think, really pushed like the idea of like podcasts as something more. So like I would honestly say he's kind of a legend in a different way too. And not just for movies, but like he also embodies, I think, the American dream of doing whatever the fuck you want, just making it happen, going into credit card debt. Who fucking cares? You make your stupid fucking clerks movie. Like you Get do that. Yeah. And then just keep following the passion. I, yeah. I don't know. And and also just staying relevant. Yeah. Like he's that's, that's the hardest part. He's evolved. Yeah. Like that Kevin Smith where he is is very different from the Kevin Smith he was in ninety five coming mm-hmm. off of clerks. It, yeah. It's very different. So to say that he's the same would be, I think, uh Mistake. uncouth and not correct no yeah ryan we're gonna get out of here buddy all right but before we do <laughs> uh i'd like to say that there will be no episode next week there will be none because you and i are preparing <gasps> for our favorite holiday uh-huh. which is a month fucking long uh stoner movie september is here everybody that's right and i think uh you and i we've established it we're going to list what the Movies are going to be for the next four episodes coming up in September. Yeah. Uh, so my choice has, I've decided it's going to be Detroit Rock City, which is a movie about four kids in a band in the 70s who want to go see Kiss. Yep. It's all about Kiss. And there's a lot of getting stoned in it, too. So that's my choice. Ryan? Maybe the last... Uh, performance by Ed Furlong on film? No. I don't remember. No, Is it Pecker? There's, there's been more and they've not been good. He was okay. In, he was in a really shitty movie about four years ago that did not do much. Oh, is that and, right? But he's actually... Anyway, we'll talk about Edward Furlong. I, I, I imagine he's going to have a Macaulay Culkin resurgence on social media. He's Watch, he's going to be in Red Letter Media real soon. That'd be awesome. But, yeah. Ryan, what's your choice for Stoner Movie September? Uh, <laughs> My choice is a guilty pleasure that I'm probably going to go back and hate. We'll find out. <laughs> we will find but out. But it is How High starring the inimitable uh, Red Man and Method Man. Red Meth, baby. You know it's got red meth. Uh, this was like a movie I saw at the drive-in when it was out. And okay. I fell in love with it. Bought it on DVD. Yep. Rewatched it so many times and then have not seen in 15 years. So I have seen this movie in probably like good. five years at least. It's been a while. Oh, so. so you've seen it more recently though. Yeah, I think. But again, five years. So I don't know. Uh, and then we'll see. I only remember a guy being lit on fire, then getting hit by a bus, and then Method Man and Red Man smoking that guy's corpse to get high and pass a test. Uh-huh. And if this is correct, it sounds like a perfect movie. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> You're not wrong so far. It's a pretty good synopsis. And then, as always, we, we like to ask the audience to, yes. to nominate things. And then we usually judge based on uh, how many likes it gets or just how much interaction a certain yeah. movie gets. And uh, I think both clear winners this year. Yeah, I thought it was going one way at first. And mm-hmm. it kind of changed at the last yep. minute, which is interesting. So uh, the first one up you would like to to speak about would be you pick either one okay well i only know the most recent one uh-huh. which is we are going to talk about don't be a menace while to south central s- i see i while drinking up. your gin and juice in the hood or maybe it's just juice yeah but i think it's gin and juice in the hood 
I think it is too. I think it's also kind of, for a bit that might have had title. the world record for longest movie title. What beat it? I don't know. Honestly, that's, that's an interesting question. What fucking beat it? But yeah, don't be a menace okay. South Central while drinking your gin and juice in the hood. This will be interesting because I've never seen this movie. You've never seen it before? This will be completely new to me. This is what I was talking about earlier when I was saying that I was raised in a single parent household. I watched this movie way younger than I probably should have. Yeah. And uh yeah. I mean, I did that with like Friday and some other movies. This is just one, I think, because of the weigh-ins, it maybe was off my radar because by... The point this was coming out, we were on the edge of Little Man White Chicks. Wayne Brothers show was maybe done. Maybe yeah. This was before Wayne's Brothers. This was early in the Wayne's Brothers career, was it? And I think this was their. I think this was their first parody because this movie is basically parodying uh, Boys in the Hood. Oh, and a lot of those like Spike Lee types of movies. So this is essentially like date movie or dance movie, but for Boys in the Hood. And back when the Wayans actually still had edge and bite and okay. good satire. Okay, so that's the difference. I was like, oh, now I'm not as excited about mm-hmm. this, knowing it's a parody. But if they, if they're on their if they're in their game, yeah, I'm okay with this. It, okay, I remember. I think I don't know. I think you'll like it, but just go in knowing okay. that it's it's a parody of those '90s. Right. Spike Lee That'll, That's a good way to get myself prepared. Thank mm-hmm. you. This helped. All right, yeah. Kyle, what is the other movie we are covering? Uh, the other one, which I am surprised it has taken us, I think this is our fourth stoner movie, September. It is. It has taken us this long to get to a Cheech and Chong movie. But we are doing Cheech and Chong, Up in Smoke, the... The first one, right? Yeah, The I was just trying to... Quintessential. There we go. The quintessential Cheech and Chong movie. Yeah, this is the one people talk about. And this is, I think, it might be like the real grandfather of stoner movies. Like, this is kind of where they really started. So This will be interesting. I'd say it's this one and then uh, Reefer Madness Mm -hmm. are kind of up there for like the grandfathers of stoner movies. And um, both I've never seen. Really? You've never seen Up in Smoke? This is going to be interesting. I've seen maybe 10 minutes of one Cheech and Chong movie on Comedy Central one time. Okay. And this was back when Ryan was like a dumb kid. I was like, this is an animated. I'm not interested. Sure. Flip. So, uh, again, yeah. Stoner Movie September is coming up, guys. Mm-hmm. We have a great selection this year. I'm yeah. excited because Ryan has not seen two of these. This will be exciting. Yeah. I've seen everything on this list, and I'm excited about this year. So, I, I'll, I'll just close out by saying that. So, uh, we hope you guys join us, you know. For some reason, everybody loves Stoner Movie September. It's actually a giant thing. It's fun. So it's people dig it. So we're looking forward to it. And uh, again, we won't see you next week, but we'll be coming in real hot mm-hmm. at the start of September. So I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. And we'll check you next time, everybody. 